Hey everybody, it's your friend Justin. Welcome to the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast. This is the podcast where we use yoga and the philosophy of yoga, the limbs of yoga, to tackle everyday real life situations. And we move ourselves and do the work to become happier people. And I have to tell you that one of the most passionate topics I have and that I talk about is narcissism, and we are gonna talk about that today. This episode is by popular demand, actually, because when I went through all of the episode uh, downloads and views and things, the most popular episodes that have been listened to or watched, either on this podcast or our sister channel, on the uh, our sister YouTube channel, uh, were all regarding narcissism, and it, part of our six minutes a day coaching program that we did uh, about six months ago, The most popular episodes there were about narcissism. So I did two episodes uh, specifically on this podcast uh, a little bit ago, just a couple months ago, and I'm going to link them in the show notes um, for you so that you can go back and listen to some these two episodes because in those two episodes, I talk about how to recognize narcissism. I talk about how you can protect yourself and how this is all connected to yoga because yoga and narcissism are very, very much connected if you're really studying the philosophy of yoga. So I really encourage you to check those out if you have not yet listened to them. Maybe stop this episode, go listen to those episodes, and then come back and listen to this one so you'll have a more of a foundation because I am going to go over a a little bit of an introduction to narcissism in this, but it's not going to be as in-depth as it was on these previous episodes. Check that out. But in this episode, I'm going to discuss what it may feel like after you have broken free from a narcissistic relationship. And then I'm gonna talk to you about ways that you can either continue to communicate with a previous narcissist who's in your life, if you need to still communicate with them or if you choose to, or if you choose not to. And this is not all pleasant. Uh, In fact, many people fall into depressions and have withdrawal, because it's almost like symptoms from with symptomatic withdrawal uh, because of the trauma bond that is formed between yourself and a narcissist. Um, and I also want to note that I am not just talking about relationships of a romantic nature in this episode or in any of my episodes regarding narcissism. This applies to all relationships. So that's coworkers, bosses, friends, family. Yes, family. There are could be narcissists in your family. Uh, So anyone, okay, no one is kind of exempt from this. So I'm talking about all relationships. So in this episode, again, I am gonna share three different ways that you may feel after this quote breakup has happened. And then I'm gonna give you three ways that that can help you communicate with that ex-narcissist. And remember, we're using ex for any relationship. So I always start these narcissistic uh, episodes with any with this disclaimer, and that is that I am not a medical professional. I am just here kind of as your friend giving advice based on my own personal experience. It's based on my research, and the research is out there. You can research it too. It's all there for you. And I have gone through extensive education and studies from some of the leading experts in this field. So this is where my teaching comes from, and not just all of that, but it comes from my study of yoga as well. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm not coming from a place of medical diagnoses. It's just advice. 
basic information I'm passing along to you, I really encourage you to seek any professional advice for anything or all things in this area if you choose to or feel you need to. So that's my disclaimer. And so let's get started. So I'm gonna start here with just a little bit of how narcissism works and what a narcissistic person may do or how it may feel like to interact with them. And it's most common for a narcissistic person to try and wrap themselves around those of us who are kind, who are caring, who show a lot of empathy. You're loyal, faithful, trusting, truthful, on and on and on. You know, all the great qualities that we all have as humans. And if you're listening to this podcast, you may be asking yourself, "Uh uh-oh, Am I a narcissist? Because I'm not always loyal and faithful and truthful and all those things. Yes, you're human, I'm human. But if you're listening to this podcast because you're trying to improve your life, you probably are not a narcissist, okay? Because narcissists are not interested in improving their life even though they may say they are. They're not interested in doing any kind of work that's all improving their life because they don't like who they are. The reason that narcissists love to wrap themselves around those of us who are those kind and caring and empathetic people is because narcissists love that supply. That is supply to them. They love that you can become enamored with them when they're in that first stage of winning you over or as the experts call that, love bombing. Uh, They make you feel like you're the best thing ever and that turns into you admiring them. You kind of put them on a pedestal. And so you are an awesome person. You are the best thing ever. But what they do is they twist that into using it either against you or using that to your adva- to their advantage rather, not to your advantage, to their advantage. And so that's where yoga comes into play in this whole thing because yoga is rooted in the eight limbs of yoga. And some of these uh, limbs of yoga include a lot of physical things like breath work and asana, and con- which is the physical poses, the physical practice, uh, concentration, meditation, kind of physical things. But there is a- another category that is another uh, limb of yoga, and that is the yamas. And you know, if you've been listening to me for a while, I, I base a lot of this teaching on the yamas and the niyamas, which are really the ethical practice of yoga off of the mat. Yamas are things that we need to remove from our lives or abstain from in order to kind of purify and live a more pure life Uh, One where you're connecting to that higher version of yourself and to your higher power, whatever you believe in. And so one of these yamas is ahimsa. This is where it all begins when it comes to the practice of yoga off the mat, and that is non-violence. Now, ahimsa teaches us that nothing else from yoga could be sustained if we do not root ourselves in nonviolence. And if this is the true foundation of yoga, nonviolence, as we practice it, we're not only practicing non-harm physically to others, not harming them in a physical manner, but we also practice it in an emotional way. And so we remember that narcissists behave in a pattern. It is not just, you know, you made that one mistake and you accidentally hurt somebody you didn't mean to hurt because you were caught up in your emotions. This is a behavioral pattern. This constant pattern of that exact same behavior over and over and over again, I have a news flash for you. That's how narcissists operate and there are narcissists, and you know this if you've listened to previous episodes, there are narcissistic yoga students and there are narcissistic yoga teachers. I've encountered them, you probably have encountered them as well. And they will use yoga as a weapon like they use anything else as a weapon like body image or money or things, they use yoga as a weapon 
Again, if you kind of want to know how that works, how yoga teachers sometimes can use it as, narcissistic ones, I should say, can use it as a weapon or students use it as a weapon, uh, go back and listen because it's very fascinating how that can happen and you'll understand what I mean by that. But I wanted to give you that background on how uh, you know, narcissists kind of win you over. They're looking for people who have empathy. They're looking for people who are caring and kind and only want the best for everyone else, all right? So that's kind of the background on how that works and how yoga is tied into it. So now that we have a background, let's go through the three ways and not, you're gonna feel more than three ways if you've ever gotten out of a relationship with a narcissist. But these are kind of the three most common ways based on the research. These are the three things you may feel if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist. And remember, narcissists do not care about the relationship at all. They don't. And that's a hard thing to come to grips with. They don't actually care about the relationship. All they care about is the supply you're giving them and how it reflects and enhances their image of themselves, which is all based in ego. That is also not practicing yoga, and that is not practicing nonviolence. So when you encounter a yoga teacher who might just be in it for the cash only, and everything they do is based on the cash, they're not practicing or teaching yoga. That comes from a place of greed, it comes from a place of needing the supply. And in some cases, it might be the cash. So let's go through those three ways. Number one, you may feel guilty. You may feel as though you have not done enough to help the narcissist, or maybe that you have failed the relationship in some way. And I have another news flash, you, flash for you that just simply just isn't true. Remember that narcissists only care about themselves and you will not be the first person who tried to help them and you will not be the last. This is common and it can feel like you have failed miserably. But in reality, when you have broken up with a narcissist, and again, it doesn't matter what kind of relationship it was, you actually have won. So the guilt is a big thing. Number two, you probably will feel victimized. You may feel like you were just the victim of some kind of heinous crime, but it was on your character. And you start to question your character. Especially, this is especially true, if there are other people around you who you and the narcissist have as mutual friends. Those are called flying monkeys. The experts call those flying monkeys. Those are people that tend to tell you things like, you know, I can't believe that you don't talk to your mom anymore because she's a wonderful person and you should be ashamed of yourself. When you know that behind the scenes, your mom was the person who was deterring you from growing as a person at all because she was a narcissist or is a narcissist. The same could be true for maybe your ex-spouse or maybe your friends and if you have a friend group. So if you have these other people around, it may feel victimizing for you. And this is normal, but you actually aren't a victim. You are practicing self-worth, all right? Now, number three is all the other stuff that comes with it, kind of the anxiety, the depression, feeling like you're empty, that you can't move forward, especially this one's especially true if it's been a family member or someone you've known for a very long time or uh, you, know, you have that you know, intimate relationship with. Not that it doesn't happen with friends because I've had it happen with friends too and it was really difficult for me uh, when it comes to a friends that I really loved and I had to separate from because of 
discovering those narcissistic tendencies and personality from the other person. And so this is normal, but again, talk to the medical professional in your life that you feel comfortable, especially if you're feeling those deep feelings of depression and anxiety that you can't go on and those types of things. And when you do the work with your with with the help of your medical professional and yourself, it does start you you do start to heal and there is a light at the other end of the tunnel you just have to take the first step to find it even if it's just one tiny little micro step and it does it does help so now that we know how you might feel how in the world do you even communicate with a narc that you still have to communicate with in your current life so we're going to talk about that i have three ways to do that right after we come back from this little break be right back Hello again, we are back and I am now going to give you those three ways that you can communicate with narcissists if you need to as you heal. And I have to admit, one of them is not communicating and we're gonna talk about that. It's our third one, but we're gonna start with number one, which is actually relatively new in the world of narcissism and what the experts are now teaching you. And that is yellow rock. Now, some of you who have listened to me before or who have, have some familiarity with this topic, You've heard of gray rock, which is coming up next. But then you think, well, what is yellow rock? Well, yellow rock is a new term, as I mentioned, coming out from some of these leading experts. And they're teaching us that you can have, now, mind you, this is if you're comfortable with doing this, or maybe wasn't, you know, maybe this wasn't one of those 30 year long or decade long relationships, or it wasn't so intimate. You can have some kind of, if you're comfortable, general conversation that's a little more friendly than doing gray rock. The thing to remember about yellow rock, though, is that you are not talking about anything personal. You can discuss things like the weather, maybe the current news that's not political in nature. I tend to steer away from that because politi- po- talking politics with people gets people heated. So no matter whether you're talking to someone who's narcissistic or not, politics can go down a, a rough road. So just talking about the current news uh, in the world might be like neutral. Talking about grocery sh- shopping or maybe uh, gas, you know, going to get gas or those like tasks you have to do. Like, oh, today I'm gonna, you know, I have to go to the gas station. I have to stop at the bank or, you know, oh, there was a lot of traffic today, that kind of language. Uh, maybe at work, you if you're dealing with someone who you've had to break away from with narcissism, uh, you talk about the task at hand that you're doing at work, the project you're working on, uh, scheduling in your department or in your company, uh, the vision of your company, something again that's not personal. So these are also people, if, if you're using the yellow rock, with these people you could say things like, You know, if you see them and you could say hello to them or thank you or you are welcome, those like pleasantries, just putting kind of niceness into your language that isn't so boring. And you use um, inflection in your voice, like you're welcome, instead of just that gray rocking like welcome. You know, just that boring, which I'm going to talk about gray rock in a minute. But you but you don't bring up any personal things. You're just adding that hint of kind of like niceness, a flower, flowery language a little bit there. And if someone does overstep and they try to get into something personal or talk about why things didn't work between the two of you or whatever, then you simply set that boundary and just say, you know, I, I am not discussing any of that with you and I want to continue to have some form of relationship with you, but not like this and I will not continue any kind of conversation that's personal. So let's just 
come back to the task at hand. That's an example of some kind of boundary you can set. So that's yellow rock. Now, gray rock uh, is super boring. This is where you remove all those niceties and you're just becoming very boring and very just kind of stoic. Instead of saying, you know, if you're walking down the, the way, you, you might not go, hello, or good morning. You may say like, hello, and you just keep moving. You don't bring up topics like, the weather or the traffic or you or news you don't bring that up you don't have, you don't have conversation unless you absolutely have to and you only discuss the necessary task at hand this would be short answers if they ask you a question no emotion no voice inflection if an opinion comes up you may see you may just say oh your opinion is noted and that's it it's different than yellow rock where you may include those oh would you please do this or that it's not that flowery, it's just boring. You're very boring, you have no supply to give, you're, you have nothing. So the narcissist is gonna be very bored uh, talking to you. And that kind of allows you to move through your life unemotionally with them while you're still just being cordial uh, and, and boring at the same time. And then of course there is that third way which is the final way uh, if you so choose and that's no contact. And no contact uh, is final. It's not something you do for a little while. That is used when you do that temporarily not talking to people to get something out of them. When you do that you are manipulating them and you are using uh, emotional manipulation to control someone else's behavior. And that is not practicing yoga and that is not practicing ahimsa which is nonviolence because you are projecting violence uh, onto someone else and that's just not uh, if you're practicing that you're not you're not going to do something like that and so no contact means nothing finalized and remember with ahimsa though too nonviolence means you nonviolence to yourself first and you must protect yourself first so this means i guess i mentioned no communication at all that means no text messages, no phone calls, no emails, no visits, no social media, no letters, nothing, zero, they're gone. And it's very final. And I will tell you that this one, uh, for those of us who are empathetic people, it hurts like hell. It is so hurtful. Uh, it, 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 it can feel like you, remember those emotions I talked about earlier, feeling victimized, you know, those types of things. This will enhance that even more because you feel like that person has almost died and you have to go through the mourning process with them. And it's really hard because you feel like you admired them at one point in your life. You admired them, maybe you found them attractive physically at one point and suddenly because you figured out their character, they're no longer attractive to you and you think to yourself, what the hell was I thinking? It really is final and it can be very, very difficult to grieve that person who is no longer in your life because you may have even loved that person or who you thought that they were, like true feelings of love that they never really reciprocated because they don't feel like you're the person for them and you were the love of their life because they don't care. And that's what sucks. That's the tough part. The healing though will continue. And once the healing continues and that no contact is up, it does become freeing and it does help you a lot. It can be, according to the experts and according to my personal experience as well, one of the most healthy ways to break free of a narcissistic relationship. But that is on your own. You know, you have to decide if that's the way you're gonna handle the, the breakup, breakup of this with the no contact. You have to decide if you're gonna go that far. I've had to do it, a lot of other people that I've been around have had to do it and it is really freaking murderous. It's 
rough. So uh, just warning you, it is a very difficult thing to do and it's normal to feel really, really anxious and tough on yourself as you're going through this process. But remember, it is final. You will mourn them, but then there is a light at, at the end of the tunnel. So now that we've gone further into this, Thursday, we're gonna be talking about three ways that narcissists try to get you back into their life by hoovering you. So now you've gotten that breakup over. Now they could be coming trying to get you back in there. And again, it doesn't matter who it is. They might start to get start trying to get you back in there. And I am excited because we are going to actually record that. We're gonna record me recording the podcast and I'm going to uh, post that on our YouTube channel uh, this coming weekend on Saturday morning when our YouTube videos are released. It will be a visual uh, podcast episode. So for those of you who may wanna watch me teach it to you to, as I look at the camera and look at you, uh, watch that because it's a little bit of a different dynamic and I wanna incorporate that into our YouTube videos. So I'm so excited about that. And I think it's going to also uh, give the YouTube channel, not only just teaching physical yoga, it gives that uh, really kind of that mesh of the physical yoga and the real yoga that's practiced off the mat as well. So I can't wait to, to have you either listen to that episode on this podcast or watch the YouTube channel at the end of the week. But until then, I wish you lots and lots of happiness. And because today when you find some happiness. If you're paying attention, you'll find it. I want you to stop and enjoy it because you deserve it. And I'll see you all soon.